Proverbs 25, 28. This is the word of God. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the builder of our cities. Thank you that you are the one who uh, guards our walls. And yet, Father, we, uh, even so, we acknowledge our um, human responsibility and we acknowledge our weakness and our need of you in these things. So, Father, as we look at your word this morning, I ask um, that you would be made strong in our weakness, that we would not trust our own strength, but trust in yours. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So what I would like to talk about this morning very briefly is spiritual warfare, specifically defensive spiritual warfare. And to that end, I would like to share just a few observations about spiritual warfare from this proverb and a few other places in Scripture, mainly Nehemiah. So jumping right in. First, let us observe that this proverb likens a man to a city. Now, I know that many folks here prefer country life to city life, but let us consider just for a moment some of the positive aspects of cities. Cities are places of community. They are places that promote commerce, trade, the free exchange of ideas. And ultimately, I do believe they promote human flourishing uh, when built under submission to Christ as king. And we know that history will culminate in the heavenly city of Revelation 21, which is the pinnacle of human flourishing, again, under submission to Christ. The primary image of a city that this proverb is communicating, however, is not of a city that is flourishing, but a city that is in danger. It is a city that is left defenseless. Like a city broken down, left without walls. Consider those things mentioned before that a city does well. How it promotes human flourishing, it promotes the protection of those inside the city. It is impossible for a city to accomplish this if it is left defenseless, if its city walls are broken down. Now cities depend on their physical walls to shield themselves from roving animals, bands of robbers, a direct attack, that sort of a thing. And without a wall, a city is left open to attack. It is left open to physical attack. Likewise, if we are a city and our spiritual walls are broken down, then we are left open to spiritual attack. And not only that, but many of us here, men, we are responsible for guarding others. We are responsible for those inside our city community, if it were, and we are responsible for the cities of those under our care. Now, if we are not adequately, adequately guarding ourselves, how can we be expected to guard others? So the question I would like to pose to you today, then, is your city wall broken down? Now, I think for most of us regarding our spiritual walls, the primary danger we face is not that our entire wall is just completely crumbled down and left in shambles. It is much more likely that we have cracks in our wall, holes in the wall, 
places of spiritual weakness. Points of weakness. Again, thinking of spiritual warfare, you know, a primary principle of offensive warfare is that you don't just take um, your entire offensive force and throw it against the entire defensive line of the enemy. No, you put out reconnaissance, you uh, scout, you look for points of weakness, and then you focus your main attack on that point of weakness uh, to try to create an opening. Well, our spiritual enemies know this. <laughs> they know this, and they will be observing us, seeking out points of weakness in our spiritual walls, seeking out points of weakness that they can exploit uh, in spiritual warfare. So I want to challenge you today to ask God, where are my points of spiritual weakness? To ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate those things to you and to ask him to give you, through his strength, through his grace, uh, the strength to shore up your defenses. So if our walls are broken down or if we have identified points of weakness, the next question we should ask is why? What's causing the weakness? Um, there could be many reasons, but sticking to the text, the one that this proverb mentions is that we have no rule over our spirits. We lack self-control. Now to rule over your spirit is to exercise authority over it, to command it, to have it obey you. Matthew Henry says that a man who is exercising rule over his spirit is a man who maintains the government of himself and of his own appetites and passions and does not suffer them to rebel against reason and conscience. He has the rule of his own thoughts, his desires, his inclinations, his resentments, and keeps them all in good order. So conversely, a man who lacks self-control, a man who uh, is not exercising rule over his spirit, is one who, excuse me, is one who is not maintaining a government of himself. He does not have rule over his thoughts. He does not have rule over his desires. And I would submit it is likely that those other things are exercising rule over him. And this proverb teaches us that this is not a trivial matter. That lack of self-control is not a trivial matter. When our thoughts and desires exercise rule over us, we get cracks in our wall and we open ourselves up to spiritual attack. And in so doing, we put our city in danger. Therefore, again, let us ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate in our hearts any areas where we are not exercising rule over our spirits, when we are not exercising discipline and self-control. Again, thinking of spiritual warfare, a um, primary principle of defensive warfare is to always be improving your defenses. If you've got five minutes, put a shovel of dirt in a sandbag and, and shore up your wall, because that could be the one that saves your life. Now maybe the Holy Spirit has put on your heart a few places where your defenses need improving, some areas where your walls need to be built, and that's a good thing. Um, that is a primary principle of biblical change, of sanctification, of our upward calling to Christ, is to be able to identify areas of weakness and ask the, Holy, well, ask the Holy Spirit to eliminate those things in our hearts, identify them, and ask for His strength and grace to improve. So maybe... Uh, we got a few areas where our walls need to rebuilt, be rebuilt. 
And in thinking of rebuilding walls and how to apply sort of the analogy between a physical city and a spiritual city, a physical wall and a spiritual wall, um, I began thinking of the book of Nehemiah. And I just want to briefly again share four principles out of the, the book of Nehemiah that I believe the Holy Spirit illuminated in my heart um, about rebuilding spiritual walls. Now, the first principle is Nehemiah's brokenness over the state of Jerusalem, Jerusalem's walls. Nehemiah 1.4 says that as soon as I heard these words about the broken walls, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Likewise, James 4 says this, says, cleanse your, your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Now, revival starts with repentance. And if we are not willing to be brokenness over our, if we're not willing to be broken over our own brokenness, not willing to humble ourselves before God because of our sin, mourn over our sin and seek God's face, our efforts to rebuild our walls are not even going to get started. The second principle out of Nehemiah is that before beginning the building process, before beginning the process of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, Nehemiah surveyed the wall in order to draw up a plan and discover, discover which areas needed the most focus. Let us do likewise by practicing self-confrontation and asking God to show us where our areas of spiritual weakness are. The third principle that we can use to help rebuild our spiritual walls is that Nehemiah did not rebuild the wall of Jerusalem all by himself. He used the people of God. Part of the reason that God has given us the body of believers is so that we may edify and build up one another, that we can build one another up, we can help one another build our, own, our walls. Now, Hebrews 10 says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglect, neglecting to meet together as is the habit of son, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, your walls are broken, if you've identified some cracks in them and you need help, confess as much before God, but also go find a spiritual brother or sister, confess as much to them, and ask them for help. Ask them to help you rebuild, repatch up your walls. The fourth and final principle out of the book of Nehemiah for re rebuilding our spiritual walls is this, is that the enemy did not like the fact that the people of God were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And they wanted to stop them by any means necessary. And in order to, to defend themselves while they were building the wall, the Israelites found it necessary to be armed. Now the enemy, our spiritual enemies, want us to be weak. They want us to be defenseless. The enemy does not want you rebuilding your wall. And men and fathers and husbands especially, the enemy does not want you um, spiritually strong in order to protect your family. So, if you're in the process of rebuilding your wall, you must expect attack, and therefore you must be armed. We must be armed primarily with the Word of God. Scripture testifies to itself as a weapon in Hebrews 4, where it says, The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is the, it is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
So the word is a weapon and we must be armed with it. We must be skilled in its use. The word of God is how um, Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Son of God, uh, defended himself against the attacks of the devil. He was skillful in its use and may we likewise uh, um, follow our master in becoming learned and skillful in the use of God uh, in the use of spiritual warfare and using it as a weapon to defend ourselves against the enemy's attack. Now finally, as we close, um, I'm reminded of Psalm 127, which says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So if this morning the Holy Spirit has put on your heart some areas of spiritual weakness, um, some cracks in your walls that you need patching up, if you realize that you have some work to do rebuilding your walls, I encourage you not to go forward trusting in your own strength, but to go forward trusting in the strength of the Lord who guards you, trusting in the, in the strength of the King of the city, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, um, your God who has promised to build you up and to keep you. And as we approach this table now, I encourage you to approach it being reminded that through Christ's life and death on your behalf, Christ has won victory over sin and death. He has won victory over your enemies, and we need not fear him. Yes, we still have the human responsibility of resisting the devil and of seeking upward calling in Christ, but we need not fear the attacks of the enemy because Christ has won the victory through his blood shed on our behalf. Let us rejoice in that, and let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son. I thank you that he has won the victory on our behalf, that he has won victory over enemies. I thank you, Lord, that you are the protector, that you are our rock and high tower. And Father, I ask, uh, not just for your physical protection, but for your spiritual protection on all those in this congregation. May you place a hedge of protection around us first and foremost, and may you guard us and grant us the strength uh, to strengthen our walls uh, that we may be guarded against the attacks of the enemy and be in a position um, to respond to attacks. And I ask this thing in Jesus' name, amen.